Listener discretion will always be advised. <laughs> Thursdays, how's everybody doing? I mean, it's a thoughtful Thursday, a thankful Thursday. Whatever kind of Thursday it is that you're having, you're definitely going to get a show from me. But first, let's listen to a legend that people say that they listen to when he was still alive and around and relevant. Do you remember some of the wise words from this man? Just a piece of shit. Hold on, buddy. Hold on. Let's bring it back. She's like, right now, the country is a piece of shit right now. Our country is a piece of shit right now. In this country, a black man only have like five years we can exhibit maximum strength. Because once you turn 30, it's like they take the heart and soul out of a man, out of a black man in this country. And you don't want to fight no more. And if you don't believe me, you can look around. You don't see no loudmouth 30-year-old motherfuckers. You only see young niggas my age talking like this. That's because at a certain age, they take your heart and soul. I don't know if it's some shit where they grab you up out the streets, put you in a van, snatch it out your chest physically, or if it's some shit they they just do while you sleep or while you be fighting. They just snatch your soul and they just snatch your willingness to fight. And even if we do have a daddy, he's so damn tired from fighting the system. You know what I'm saying? He can't even really, like, put his hands on us and raise us. He don't even have that that um, that right as a father anymore to raise us. It's like the government want to raise all the kids. And when the government want to raise the kids and we see the government can't even run the country, the kids get to rebelling. There are bigger pictures than the one that we paint of ourselves. That was back in the 90s. Did you hear what Pac said? You know what? I keep telling you guys that... Um, this is for masters, this technique. Thursdays. Can we still talk about titties? I might. My name is Justice. This is my podcast. I call it the Justice and the Peace Pod. Welcome to the show. Now, my last show was a damn good pod. The terrible part about it was that when working with technology, sometimes they have a great marriage or they're like some couples. They're constantly fighting. I'm not necessarily sure what happened with the recording session, but that shit was a good ass motherfucking episode it's just too bad that i'm gonna have to call my friend back so we can do it one more time but yes that was the late the great the legendary inspirational thoughtful the poet mr tupac shakur did you hear what he said let's bring it back like right now the country is a piece of shit right then in the 90s the country was a piece of shit right now our country is a piece of shit what is it right now a piece of shit right now in this country a black man only have like five years we can exhibit maximum strength because once you turn 30 it's like they take the heart and soul out of a man out of a black man and this once you turn 30 in the 90s he was recognizing that men were becoming docile men were becoming weaker what happens now i'm i'm 43 now if you was born in the 80s you already know that there ain't no time to be docile. Ain't no time to sit back. Ain't no time to wait for shit. Tupac was older than us. So we looked up to our elders. I talk too much. Listen. 
country and you don't want to fight no more and if you don't believe me you can look around you don't see no loud mouth 30 year old motherfuckers you only see young niggas my age talking like this now think about that what is still relevant about that statement you don't see that many people really pressing against the system there's probably about 10 good people that that are out there and who is who who has the determining factor to say that this is a good person or that is a bad person or can we all just agree that this is a person who believes in what it is that they say but you can't necessarily gauge people anymore by what it is that they say because everybody is out here working for a bag they working for pay so so maybe that's what Tupac did not get to observe because he didn't live long enough to see his own peers turn into the thing it is himself he himself excuse me he didn't get to see his peers turn into the things that he himself despised that's because at a certain age they take your heart and soul i don't know if it's some shit where they grab you up out the streets put you in a van snatch it out your chest physically or if it's some shit they just do while you sleep or while you be fighting they just snatch your soul and they just snatch your willingness to fight and he think about it think about it Hear me out. Just hear me out. When these guys from the street claim hoods and then they get these millions of dollars, do they buy them hoods back? Do they invest in them neighborhoods? A majority of the time it is no. They get their money and they run the fuck away as they should. You could do what you want to do in your life. I'm not judging. I'm just making an observation. But once you are not in the same neighborhood, it is that you claim. Once you are not in the same visual of children who, who, who are walking in the same footsteps of, of you, are you still from that hood? Have you I mean, we understand that that your bag has elevated, you know, not only your means of living and the luxuries it is that you can afford in life, but are you still from that hood? Because with my belief, it is my belief, I should say, that Tupac would have bought some hoods. Tupac would have invested at least in one hood and tried to keep at least one hood. The epicenter of learning, the epicenter of culture, the epicenter of language. He would have created an atmosphere, an environment that was not only beneficial to him and himself only. And why I, why I say that is because if you think about a majority of the peers, a majority of the people that Tupac called peers, they didn't have the opportunity to buy neighborhoods. A few of them motherfuckers did. A few of them motherfuckers is still eating <laughs> off, of a, off of some 1990s music. But a lot of them didn't get that opportunity. Was it because they got that rebellion ripped up out of their chest? Or was it because the system was waiting for them just to trip and stumble and fall? Even if we do have a daddy, he's so damn tired from fighting the system. You know what I'm saying? He can't even really, like, put his hands on us and raise us.
That's another new thing, right? Right? Well, you thought that was a new thing, that you could discipline your kids. They've been trying to tell everybody else how to discipline their kids when America itself don't know how to discipline their kids. And when I mean America, I'm talking about the, you know, the branch of government that kind of sounds like this when they talk. And don't don't mind the, the, the background noise. That's That's just them out there working in the field, you know, uh, they got some shit to do in the street. But anyway. You don't even have that, that, um, that right as a father anymore to raise us. It's like the government want to raise all the kids. The government wants to raise all of the kids. And this interview, this interview itself is almost 20 years old. So we are watching the storyline go on repeat. That's what we're watching. And now the story, I mean, the, the story has changed. The story has gotten graphic. The story has gotten violent. They have made it to where it is completely okay for you to talk to little bitty, itty, teeny, tiny children about sex. They've made it okay to where you can't say certain things on the radio uh, uh, that really shouldn't even be blocked out, but you could sure celebrate murdering somebody and circling the block. I mean, who is going to be benefiting from these seeds that have been planted in the generation it is that we see growing up in front of us? I, I just wonder. And when the government want to raise the kids and we see the government can't even run the country. The government can't run the country. But you got the rights or you think that you got the rights to tell me someone who has lived what's best for my kids, what works when when everything, just about everything that you implement doesn't work. The kids get to rebelling. Where is the rebellion to how it is that they treat women right now? Where is the rebellion from the community that is so so inclusive that it excludes everybody else. Where is the rebellion for, for their part of the community that feels so emboldened to speak to children, not only without consulting with parents, but also speak with children in such clad, performative, exp I mean, just, just, in, in in a weird way. It's really weird what's going on right now. And for some reason, I have found myself in the place to where people find themselves offended when I bring out how different the time is from then to the time being what it is right now. And, and, and it's not like I'm some super smart guy. Everybody already knows. Yes, grandson. Hold on. Papa. What's up, my guy? Okay. As you wish. For some people who have been alive who did kind of listen to the elders, I mean, I was raised with elders by no choice. I didn't have a mom. I didn't have a dad. So I was raised with elders, and elders would put these things into your head because of what it was that they had not only encountered but also lived through during their time or during their life, however it is that you want to word it. Check out what this elder has to say. Many of us understand the nature of the beast. 
Many of you don't even know what you're fighting. You think you're fighting people. <laughs> you're not fighting people. You're fighting evil beings. Now, when you say, or when you hear someone say that, the first thing you get to think is like, oh my God, here we go. Or even, listen. <coughs> Excuse me. If someone finds pleasure in not only <coughs> hurting humanity, but purposefully, on purpose, trying to confuse and then engage with children, you're not just a bad person. You're a motherfucking demon. Who have more knowledge than you about the workings of this life, about the universe, about the lands that's here. They're ahead of you about 100,000 years. Now, I'm not sure about the math on that, but he's completely correct. If you think about your average ass life, you're an average ass person. I don't care what kind of superstar shit that you've been through. You're an average ass person. You don't have time to sit and ponder and wonder about the mechanics of life and shit. You got bills to pay. You got a kid that's that's wet or shitty. You got a baby mama or a girlfriend or maybe even a side bitch that you got to take care of. You don't got time to worry about what Pluto was thinking. You don't know who Nostradamus is. You don't understand exactly how the canon was put together and how they assembled all of the books together out of that canon and how it also created the Bible that we now, well not we, that some people now follow and use as guidance. You don't understand. You got shit to do. And when somebody doesn't have shit to do and all that they do is study ancient human civilization, they got a leg up on you. They understand exactly what it is that you going to say if they say this. This is how a lot of, uh, um, what's that shit called? Um, when you lead somebody into it. Hopefully I'll remember it. Uh, uh, reverse psychology. I believe that's where reverse psychology comes. That's where all psychology comes. It's from somebody being able to have the time to sit back and do this and watch results. Sit back and do that and watch results. And then sit back and kind of do all these little tests and this and that. You could predict human behavior. Everything that's going on right now is going on because they are allowing it. And they being the demons. In technology, you're fighting against beings, invisible beings, just like you are. And you're not helping because you're acting like a human. So you can't see these beings. Although you can see them clearly because you see their characteristics, you see their ways. But yet you turn a blind eye because to you, it's exciting to see. So you see how they sell their souls? They see these rituals. These people kill babies, drink babies' blood. Mm. Kill people who steps outside of their order. Did you hear that? Now this 
has been going on for a while. The, the shit with the kids, the killing the kids and the baby's bloods, that shit goes back to ancient times. They never have to say to you, they'll do this to you. <laughs> Y'all slow as I thought. Wake up. Please. Some people are very woke. Some people actually need to take their ass back to sleep. I don't know, man. Pull some music back into it. I ain't did no music in the podcast in a while. Let's let's see how that shit breaks down. You know, uh, I mean, a lot of people are fighting demons. A lot of people are, are, are fighting insecurity issues. A lot of people are dealing with 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 blubber butt and all kinds of other shit. If you think that your problem is too big for you to get over. Or maybe you too big for your problem. I don't know what you think. I do know this. Me born in, me being born into the circumstance that it, it circumstances it is that I was born into, you know, not knowing my dad, mom, blah, 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 blah. All that shit. Whenever I talk about it, people, I, th one reason I don't talk about it is because motherfuckers wouldn't pull up. Oh, no. When you survive hardships, do you know what that does? It toughens you up. It realigns you with your soul. It gives you an in-depth understanding of how strong you really are without any outside dependencies. I say that because this guy right here is what needs to be heard. He says things that needs to be said and not only that we are drifting away from being strong within ourselves right now and it's all for profit listen 16th birthday my dad wakes me up on my birthday okay for context and backdrop who you're listening to is brad williams the comedian brad williams if you don't know who brad williams is Brad Williams is a little person. When I was growing up, they had all kinds of terms and all kinds of shit like that. But we all agreed that, hey, you want to get called little people or little persons? That's all right. We won't call you the other shit. Just, you know, you know, we just going to keep it cool. And everybody said, all right. But that doesn't mean that Brad Williams didn't have a childhood. That doesn't mean that Brad Williams didn't face the same obstacles that every single fucking person had to face. What it is that I call the crucible of life. The social interactions that it is that happen when you go into public places with people. Everyone is not going to like you. Everyone is not supposed to like you. And if they act like they do, they are not your friends. You see, your friends, what they actually do is they give you this strength that you don't know that you got. And right now, it seems like some people's parents, they don't even want to be parents. They don't even necessarily want to be friends. They just want to pity in the party. But not Brad Williams, Dad. Check it out. Happy birthday, son. I bought you a car. Yeah! I'll run downstairs, run to the kitchen, get to the garage, open it up. Fisher-Price Power Wheels sitting right there in the garage. Did you hear what he said? His dad told him, 
on his 16th birthday. Hey, man, good morning. I got you a car. Brad got up, ran to the kitchen, ran to the garage, opened the garage up. He opens the garage, do- garage door up. Fisher Price Power Wheels. That's terrible, right? I mean, that would definitely break the... Uh, the, 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 the listen. Hey, I lived a block and a half away from school. I still drove that thing to school. I had the first electric car. I was a visionary. Now, I tell those stories about my father, and a lot of you have the appropriate reaction. You laugh. Some of you, some of you get that look, and I know that look. Yeah. I I say those stories, and you're like, We hate that. Us people who've lived through it, we hate that. It's this new soft-ass generation. (laughs) Brad, that's, that's so sad. Your father made fun of you. What do you think that did to you, Brad? Now listen to the answer. Very, very clear. Whatever you're doing, stop it. If you're playing with yourself, stop. If you're making something, stop. Made me a man. Shut the f*** up. (laughs) Shut up. 16th birthday. On his 16th birthday, his dad bought him a Power Wheels. For his birthday. He said he didn't give a fuck. He drove that motherfucker to school anyway. Was the first person driving an electric car. And he found laughter. Out of a place where most people would look for pity. They would look for, oh, look at, I was a victim. They would look for victimhood. He found laughter. And even as he celebrates... That little morsel, that little moment from his past, he completely understands, as do I, that some people, they just want to feel sorry for other people. Some people just want to cry. Some people just want to put you. Oh, shut up. This shit is old, okay? It's getting real, real old. There are people with legitimate problems in their life. And, and no matter what it is that you Think or how it is that you've been programmed about the importance of your feelings, no one cares. At the end of the day, the only reason that we have this this weird human experience is because we love each other not to care about each other. I love you enough to wish the best for you, but at the same time, I don't have to fuck with you. Just don't fuck with me. That is why the clash is happening right now. That's what's really going on in society is people feel guilty about other things and now they've found a cause that they can attach themselves to. So then they don't necessarily, uh, 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 if someone asks them, well, what are you doing? They, they don't, they can say, well, I'm doing this and they can put it right back on them. Well, what are you doing? I mean, you, you're not telling me what you're doing. And you know why people do that? People put other people down to make themselves feel better. Hurt people, hurt people. And the chain continues. But at the same time, until, this is for me only. This is what I've learned. Until I got to a place to where it wasn't about me all the damn time, 
you're searching for empty happiness. Listen, my purpose in life isn't to be happy no more. That's what. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? My purpose in life isn't to be happy no more. That's what my purpose used to be, mm -hmm. which is such a shitty aim in life. Think about it. You wake up every single day for one thing that it is that you wish to obtain. Your self-fucking happiness. You wake up to make yourself feel better. You don't wake up to, to use whatever gifts it is that you have to try to enhance somebody else's life. And if you do, do that. Hey, I, I can't say nothing less uh, uh, than I love you. Uh, I appreciate you. And, and, and I hope you have a, 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 a great time at it. It is hard not to live for oneself. It's hard for me to record every motherfucking day. I don't get paid for this shit. But I know for a fact somebody out there needs a show, even if it's just one person. Somebody needs a motherfucking show. This shit is not just for me. It's bigger than me. And if you are living in the existence that this is only about you, what a shitty ass existence to live. My aim in life in totality, my whole purpose for existing in life was to be happy. And that's not that's not my purpose anymore. And now? Yeah, my purpose now is to be useful. <laughs> useful. Are you useful? I mean, they actually not they, but the vocabulary that we use right now is when someone tries to use you, it sounds like a bad thing. But isn't that what we're kind of supposed to do? Aren't we kind of supposed to use each other for, for things that it is that we need? When I was growing up, or even when I was a young man, when I first started having kids, I was able to go to my next door neighbor's house and ask them for a cup of sugar. Of course, that was 20 years ago. I wouldn't go next door and ask nobody for shit now. They fuck around and get shot. But, but what I'm saying is people used to want to be useful. And now it's not about being useful. Because usually people use you until you're useless. And then after... They recognize that they can use somebody up until they're useless. They do not make themselves use a ball. And that in turn doesn't make them useful. I'm talking about this because I question what are some people's intentions in life? Is it just to get the bag? Because we or I have observed many a celebrity, many a street nigga, Many an average Joe have all the money that their heart desired, all of the, 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 the materialistic things that it is that they wished they needed to obtain to secure happiness and still be unhappy. Are those people useful anymore or, or are those people useless now? Or can them or, or, or can these people reuse themselves in a different situation? And the answer to all of those questions could be yes or no, or even maybe. But if you don't want to be accessible for people to use you, 
Does that make you just a taker? Are you a giver or are you a taker? Do you give and do you take? I mean, these are all questions because we know on the level it is, at least I know on the level it is, just hear me out, on the level it is that I live, I'm not rich. I don't drive no foreign car. I never even owned a pair of Jordans, and I never owned a pair of Jordans just by design. I refuse to follow any mainstream anything. But if if you understand that you're not giving back, does that make you like one of these, you know, mega corporations that just absorbs everything around you? And then disappears once all the resources are gone. I mean, that's what these corporations do. Rap music used to not be mainstream. And since it's mainstream, that means that there's big fucking money in rap music. And rap music used to be useful. But right now, is rap music useful or useless? Let's talk about it. That asked me not to stitch them just led me down such a fucked up rabbit hole. Now, this is Professor Griff, Professor Griff on Instagram. I don't know who this white guy is. Uh, uh, something stages UK online. I don't know. I don't know. I can't read it. It's blurred out a little bit. So I'm trying to read through the blur. But somebody sent him something. Uh, 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 but they told him not to stitch, which means don't connect him to 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 the video or where whoever it is that sent him the shit, don't include them in what it is that he finds. This is what he found out about the link between private prisons and the music industry. And we been knew this when we was growing up in the 90s. It was hip-hop cops. But listen to what this guy found. They told me to search for connections between private prisons, owned mostly by Vanguard and BlackRock to the music industry, which is basically all owned by Universal Music Group and Sony Entertainment. And this got dark really fast. So a lot of articles talk about the fact that the CCA has a deal with states that they would buy all of their prisons if they agreed to keep a minimum of 90% occupancy, because that's better for business. And two months later, an anonymous email was sent out to various members of the music and publishing industries giving an account of a secret meeting where it was determined that hip-hop music would be manipulated to drive up privatized prisons' profits. Okay, did you hear what he just now said? Huh? Did you hear what he just now said? Let me break it down to you, or for you, in layman's terminology. Basically, he said that they opened up a brand new camp. And this camp right now, it's going to be pipelined from the communities of urban uh, 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 music. So in order for this to work, what we need to do is to plant the seeds inside of these children's brains that it is okay for them to do whatever the fuck it is that they want to do. We're going to let some rappers talk about you know, some murderings and some drug sellings and some getting away from the cops because we want to plant that into the head of the children that that's what they can get away and do. I mean, if they're listening to somebody talk about it, why wouldn't they do it? It only makes sense. And plus, it's going to make their parents look like shit because we're going to give this kid so much money that that uh, uh, the littler kids who are watching, the kid with the money, they're just going to imagine all of the toys it is that they can buy and not necessarily understand that with everything, there is a price. 
continue. We will get to that letter in a minute. But first, can we take a minute to appreciate this graph? This is the U.S. state and federal prison population from 1925 till the 2000s. It is a graph with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different tiers. And it starts at the bottom tier in the 1920s. But as we go up into the late 80s, the late 90s, boy, it is up in tier eight, which means that the plan is working. This is completely fulfilling the business prospect, the business objective. Everybody who invested in this plan is sitting up quietly counting they counting their dough as people keep making music about spinning blocks and knocking off tops and, and wet ass pussy and all that other crazy shit. It funds generational wealth for the other side. I, I, I hope I'm saying this very, very, this is why I don't listen to a lot of rap music because if, if, if making a bag or getting to a bag is at the cost of your culture, if getting to a bag is at the, co at the cost of a generation, that doesn't make you an artist. That makes you a sellout. In that time since the 80s, life sentences have increased by 470%. In my lifetime, life sentences have increased by 400 per... <laughs> I can't even believe that. 400%. 400 percent. 400 percent. That's 100 percent each decade. I'm going to let that sit. 400 percent since the 80s. The prison population of lifers... That's how much it has risen, 400%. That, do you know how many people are never coming home? And life without parole has increased by 394%. Life without parole and then the row. Uh, hey, hey, I mean, who, who would have thought that creating a record label uh, called Murder, Inc. or a, a, a record label called Death Row? I mean, the row. Who would have thought that that would definitely inspire children into believing that that was a lifestyle worth living? And then those children, who, who used to be me, we now have children. What did that spin off? They asked me not to stitch them. Yeah, the, the clip is short. I'm going to have to find this guy. Like I said, people... They get information and then they put it out in little clips like they really made that clip. I got to find out who that guy is so I could uh, so I could get that whole clip in here and share it with you guys. But 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 now um, I want to tell you a story. OK, it's a, it's a real, real short story. Hopefully, hopefully I can get you to to laugh a little bit. So. This story is is not a controversial story. It's an old story, right? A man followed a girl into the bathroom, stating he identified as a woman. The man's teeth were knocked out by the girl's father, who identifies as the tooth fairy. 
<laughs> You're welcome. That comes to you from Redder Tommy on Instagram. I have got a whole bunch of clips on here for you. Let me see what else I got linked up. What's this one? Should women hit men? Uh-oh. This is a question for both sides. Should a woman have the right to strike a man? No. Right. So if a woman should hit a man, shouldn't he smack her back? Wait a second, buddy. Hold on, buddy. No. Why not? Because she's a girl. Stop it. Get some help. Well, she doesn't know that? Uh, but I just think that's unfair. Wait a minute. That was Michael Jordan who said stop it. But why do you think it's unfair? So if a woman smack a man, what should he do? He probably deserved it. What did you say? To be honest. What? We have a problem. We have a problem. Ladies and gentlemen, we have problems. We have problems right now. Doesn't she deserve to be smacked back? If no, she she's a girl. Girl, guys should not hit girls. Wait a minute. What kind of girl? I mean, because uh, it's kind of it's, it's great territory right now. You got you, your ladies aren't standing up for yourself. So, so, so if you smack a guy, he shouldn't smack you back. I know this, but but the thing is. You shouldn't smack a guy, right? But girls should hit guys? I never said that, no. But if they do, the guy should smack them back? No. Why not? Because guys shouldn't hit girls. I agree. I agree completely. Never, not even in sports, guys shouldn't smack girls. I hear some feedback. What is that? Hold on, I'm after it. Pause that, because that can't, that can't happen. And that quick, I'm right back. Okay, so, yeah, you shouldn't smack girls. Why? Because it's, it's just, that's, that's just unfair. Well, how? Because girls are tender and <laughs> beautiful creatures. Oh, wait, wait. This, this cannot universally apply. This, every, every woman is not a tender Beautiful creature. There are some hideous people out there. That should not be hit. What did he say? But don't they know that before they hit the man? I don't think the guy should ever hit the girl. Really? Yeah. Not even to protect himself against it. No. What is he protecting? Wait a second. So if your female jumps on you, you just let her whoop your ass? He, he's a human being just as she is. Have you ever smacked a guy? Uh... Yep. Hey, hey. Take that motherfucker to jail. She just admitted that she put her hands on a guy. You shouldn't put your hands on nobody, Miss Lady. You too small. Right. Oh, yeah. If Jesus can't save these hoes, why are you trying? <laughs> he said that. N not me. I mean, I, I would never say that because I don't be trying to save no hoes. But, hey, we're not here to talk about me. Not not at all. We're, I'm just here to discuss or discuss the things that that are going on in the world. And I mean, I don't know if you heard this shit, but this might open up uh, how it is that you think about food. Listen. You can't beat British grub. But these days you've got to spend a packet to bring home the bacon. And don't even get me started on the eggs. The cost of living crisis is hitting Britain hard, with food prices rising at the fastest rate in 40 years. But now, a new line of affordable protein is hitting our shelves. This is engineered human meat. 
That's right, a protein made from human cells that promises to be cheaper and tastier than any of its competitors. I'm Greg Wallace, and I'm off to visit Good Harvest, where a whopping six tons of human meat is engineered every day. Oh, right. <coughs> <coughs> Obviously, <coughs> I was talking to Mary Jane. <coughs> We're cannibals now. That's what's up. <coughs> we eat <coughs> human meat. <coughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, I thought that I would, you know, take me a puff and stuff. But, <coughs> okay, go ahead. That is stunning. With the promise of cheap meat for all, it may well be the meaty miracle we need to ease the squeeze of the cost of living. Anyone for human meat? I'm Michelle Ackerley, and while Greg comes face to face with the production line, I'll be conducting a taste test with some very picky palates. You gonna fuck around and get the shit slapped out of you. It's really, um, tender. It's really tender? It's ass. The first time, we're going to find out where it comes from, how it's made, whoa, and what it tastes like. Mm. Mm. Oh. Mm. This is Greg Wallace, the British Miracle Meat. I'm up bright and early to check out the Good Harvest processing plant in Boston in Lincolnshire. But it wasn't the most scenic of drives. High fences, barbed wire, security lights. It's a bit like a prison. What next? Machine gun tower? Hello? Yeah. It's Greg Wallace. I've got an appointment. I'm the ball bloke off the telly yeah. with, the, with the glasses. <laughs> I couldn't wait to see the mysteries that lay inside. How do you solve the cost of living crisis with engineered human meat? It sounds like magic. And this is where the magic happens. Yeah, there's a whole factory that is engineering Human steaks, human pork chops, human whatever the fuck it is that 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 that, that you want to call it. I'm my phone is getting blown up right now because I filled out some job applications, and you know what happens when you fill out additional job applications? They be trying to get you to do stupid shit. But anyway, there is a whole factory in Britain. Uh, I think he said Lincolnshire or some shit like that, where they are making tons of genetically modified human meat. So that will probably be human hot dogs, human burgers, human chops, human whatever kind of meat that it is, human ribs. I don't, I, hey, I don't know. I'll give it a minute. What's going on? The Good Harvest Processing Plant has been up and running for over eight months. It contains both industrial and clinical operations on a site the size of four football pitches. So they got the clinic there, and they got the processing plant there also. Interesting. Hey, are you Mick? I certainly am. Pleased to meet you, Greg. Very good to meet you. I'm here to learn. Right, come this way and I'll show you how it all works. I want to see everything. Oh, you will. <laughs> Mick Ross oversees the production line. And is he now hey, if you've ever had a job at any manu if you've ever had a manufacturing job 
or a factory job or some shit like that. Like whenever there's some sort of uh, uh, inspection or something like that, that's when you follow the rules. Most of the time, you guys got to just mosey around, do your little thing, and then somebody will step in and say, hey, the inspector is here. Make sure you got your badge and your glasses and your gowns on and, and make sure you got your hair covered up. <laughs> that, that, that's what happens. So I can only imagine that that it can't be that much different at this processing plant. In charge of over 60 full-time staff who engineer roughly 50,000 steaks every day. So they make 50,000 steaks every day. Uh, what happens if somebody gets sick and touches the steaks? So come on then, Mick. How on earth do you grow human meat? This, this is becoming too normalized already for me. I want to introduce you to our nutrient vat. Hello, nutrient vat, Greg Wise, <laughs> telepresenter, and your job is? Well, what its job is, it processes thin slices of tissue in a nutrient-rich mix, which you see here, and then cells start to grow. So over a 24-hour period, these will slowly fuse together into one great big, what we call a cake. So you're telling me that that is human flesh? Exactly. But why human meat? Why not animal meat? That's a very good question. We've got centuries of knowledge of human medicine at our side. We know more about humans than we do about animals. So we've mastered engineering human cells to make these structured flavors and sinews that we expect from the flavors of steaks we eat. Wait a second there. Wait a second. So you could talk fast over somebody that ain't got no imagination. I got one. Uh, we have computers. You should have those computers running all kind of diagnostics and scenarios and all kind. You, you have centuries. You mean, are you talking about the knowledge that it is that you took and shit? Is that, I mean, because Big Pharma is from the farmland. You, you took all that shit from the earth. You patent plants. They're, I don't know how that's done, but they have plants patent. Now, now, why are we not using computers to figure out a better way for us to engineer a cleaner, more respectable source of protein? Good Harvest encourages people who need the income to sign up, select their own extraction site, and get paid within the week. You expect to be feeding the nation with this. You're going to need a lot of donors. Well, wait a second. An extraction site? Yeah, yeah, get to the donors. It's well in demand, and we've got a lot of people coming forwards because the other great thing about it is it's an opportunity to be paid. Would you ever... So people could just walk in off the street and give you some of their meat, and then you reproduce. We don't know what that motherfucker been doing their whole life. But consider... Hey, I see... Hey, I, I, I think I see where this could go. Donating yourself. Yeah, maybe I would. I mean, I may have to. My bills are as high as anybody else's. You know, I've got a young family, I've got a daughter to, to feed, so... And would you feed your family human steaks? Oh, yes, most definitely. Already. What is he supposed to say? No, he is at work. You have. After the donor's tissue samples are placed in the nutrient fat, they're stimulated with electrodes and left to grow at 40 degrees centigrade at the Proving Bay. So, Greg, after a few hours, this is what we're left with. Whoa! <laughs> no way! That's the biggest chunk of meat I've ever seen. Okay, if they can do that, what else can they grow? Hmm? Huh? What else can you grow? Huh? 
You can't tell me that this is the only technology, this is the only application for this kind of expertise when it comes to regenerative uh, uh, meat. Like, like this is a meat, this is a piece, of, this is a big ass motherfucking steak. Scientifically, that's amazing. But in terms of food, that is stunning. This is incredible, isn't that it? That is stunning. Look at it. This third. But it's not natural. And we're not supposed to eat each other. See, kilogram protein cake will be cut into nearly 100 steaks. And it's all been grown from the cells of just one person. So maybe you'll give me a, a hand to lift it out. There we go. One, two, three, that's it. Whoa, whoa, crying out loud. We're going to take it over onto the oh, resting board. There we go. Who thought of this shit? Who in the fuck thought of this shit right here? Who is the engineer that, that said, you know what? Humans. The new meat. Wow. This must be a relatively new process. Which is, uh, I mean, under EU law, we couldn't possibly operate machines like this due to legislation. But thankfully, now we're out. We can harvest people and we can pay them for their flesh. Whoa, we can harvest people? What? what? He says, now we're out. As if in, they used to be in? I am, I mean, I know, grandson. Papa. What's up, my guy? Okay. Hold on, I am not done. We're not done here. So what happens to this now? Right, well, this will either be cut into steaks or it'll go off and be processed for sausages, burgers, you name it. That's what I said. Anything with it. Proper space age, isn't it? This, it is. Meets me up, Scotty. <laughs> hey, this is, not a, this is not a joking time right now. I've got to grips with the guts of human meat production, but I wanted to know... How does this new protein compare to a real steak? Okay, and uh, the little feel-good fucking music in the background. I don't like that shit. See, see, music sets the tone for everything. If they played some real dark shit like some Anakin Skywalker-themed music in the background, this shit would hit a whole lot differently. It was time for that all-important taste test. I knew just the chef for the job. I'm off to La Gavroche, a two Michelin star restaurant in the exclusive London borough of Mayfair, to see top chef Michelle Rue Jr. Chef, look at this. Look, I am seriously intrigued. This is a meat I've never seen before. I want to see what the fat content's like. I want to see what the flavour's like. I want you to cook it, because I don't know anybody better. Hang on a minute. Good harvest, made by humans from humans. See? The cook, the cook, this is a cooker. Yeah, these come from three donors in the northeast of England. Wow, I wonder... Yes. Wow is a fucking understatement. That affects the flavour. You're right. Do donors from the northeast of England have a different flavour and texture to, to ones from the southeast? I would have thought so, because it's what we call in French terroir. It's where, where you were brought up. You are what you eat at the end of the day. And we're going to find out. So, hey, 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 I hate to say this shit. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, uh, everybody, every single race, but especially black people and Hispanic people, um, uh, this is going to sound terrible, but white people do love fried chicken and tacos. 
So, uh... <laughs> Protect your neck, nigga. For my blind taste test, Michelle would cook up three different steaks and we'd work out what sort of person they were grown from. Ideally, I want it reared outside, I want it looked after, not stressed. These donors were from the northeast. So what about a beer-fed Geordie? Oof, I don't know. It's very, very difficult to get my head around. This looks quality. So we're just going to... Mm. 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 You alright? Mm. Okay. Mm. Oh, and this just cosigns it right here. You got the cook. Mm. Mm. Put it on the plate. So we just need to let it rest for five minutes and then you can taste it. Michelle had cooked up a human meat feast of three succulent steaks. Now the taste test could begin. Whoa, beautifully cooked, of course. Nicely presented. Should we both try this one first? Mm. Okay. Right. Let's go. Uh, is that does it say anything in the Bible about cannibalism? I, I don't know. I really do not know. But I, I, hey, I am conflicted with watching this, man. These stop with the fucking music. These engineered steaks are grown from the cells of human donors who are paid for their flesh. But can we guess which sort of person each steak has been grown from? Yeah, you've got to chew this one. I mean, this, this, this is really. Mm. This steak is actually one of the cheaper ones in the range. So, so, so this is a person that didn't take care of themselves. If it was 100% pure beef, I'd say that this was an animal that's got a certain age. Um, and... Oh, and it's done. You yeah. motherfuckers. Hey, hey, you're welcome. Look out. You know what? This is what I'm going to do for you. And if you could do it for me, I would greatly appreciate it. If you see any uh, uh, good harvest uh, uh, products, products at all, if you see any good harvest products at all, buy that shit and send me a, a picture of it. Leave it in the comment section. Don't just go on the Internet. Buy it and put a picture of the receipt. You can scratch out your area code and all that other shit. I want to see if somebody can actually get their hands on some good harvest human meat. We are officially moving into cannibalism. This is so, what a fucking what a what a time to be alive. What a fucking time. I mean, I didn't seen a lot of shit in 43 years. No lie. I mean, let's just just forget about my mom. I mean, and, and some shit I'm going to leave out. But I, I was here for 9-11. I saw that shit on TV. People say that shit was CGI. Best CGI I ever saw in my fucking life. Rest in peace to everybody involved. I sincerely mean that. But I saw 9-11 live on TV. We saw the Iraq war. We saw the fall of Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden, uh, Timothy McVeigh. There have been some very monumental moments in my life. And I'm not saying that it was monumental as if in it was life changing personally for me. I mean, on some level, all of those events were. But as a nation, as a civilization, as a country, all of those things were monumental moments. And now we live in a time where, where, where men could, could, 
could basically beat the shit out of women if they want to because they say they feel a certain fucking way. And not only that, uh, uh, you could you could basically cut your dick open and turn it inside out and take an ice cream scooper and scoop flesh out your pelvic bone and then like try to create a coochie. Like this is a crazy time to live in. And, and not to mention, there is flying saucers in the fucking air. In the fucking air every day. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a shit. There is a river in Euphrates that, that drained out. And there's screams coming from, from the middle of the earth. Maybe it's just some sort of... <coughs> excuse me. Maybe it's just some sort of shifting of the plates down below. And, and the echoing that, that, that reflects off the rock structure and how our ears interpret it when it hits the, 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 the surface uh, uh, ground. And, and that's what the sound it is. But that shit's happening too. We are in such of a... Me, I am in a jaw-dropping experience I cannot deny. And you are here with me. And that is observable in my perception. That it is completely like most people don't even understand what the fuck. If you are my age and we went to middle school, think about all of this shit that has happened. Think about all of the shit that is. Think about the shit that is happening. And now I want you to get ready to become a fucking cannibal because that's exactly what they're pressing. They're starting it overseas. Everything always starts overseas. They start to implement shit overseas to, to, to let us know that this is the soft push. This is the soft push. This is the soft push. But now we will be eating somebody else's ass. I mean, like, literally. Here's this. Hey, y'all. So I am weak over this dude. He's on my page right now. He keep liking all my freaking pictures. And I am just so glad and honored that he found my page. And you on my page, this song is for him. With your thong, 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 thong. Zazzy Blake, come over here and let me put a few lovers in your ear. Oh shit, honey. Smile at me, girl, you're so fly. Oh god. Shorty, you'll never ever look like us. Alright, I can't do too much. <laughs> hey, hey, this is a pretty, pretty young girl, but man. When they go crazy. They, 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 they go crazy. I don't think that she was going crazy. Maybe somebody was driving her crazy. But 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 damn it, that wasn't it. Baby, that wasn't it. Now I, I've said this shit a few times on my podcast. And I'm gonna say it again. I've said a few things that I'm finna say, I just said a few times. When you put something on the internet. That shit does not go down. It doesn't go away. And I promise you one thing. Somebody already screenshot that shit and uploaded it somewhere else. So it is definitely here to stay. I don't know if you know who Pinky Doll is. She is this, uh, I'm not sure exactly what nationality it is. Uh, that She's some, some sort of Latina. She's some sort of Hispanic. And, and she's mixed with black. I think she's like Brazilian or something like that. But she went viral 
for for the NPC thing for for the um, ice cream so good and this she's quite attractive for a young lady. What I didn't know was Pinky Doll had her OnlyFans, and, and, and well, of course, Pinky Doll knew she had her OnlyFans, but she didn't understand that people can record her OnlyFans and then re-upload it so other people can watch. So I went to Google. I went to Google. She went to Google. Nigga, I don't even know where Google is at, but go go, go there, shit. I put Pinky Doll naked and I click on pictures. And what I see, what Wait I a second. I, I entered the wrong thing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I see there's a lot of page. There's a lot of page. You keep swiping and swiping and swiping. It don't stop. It don't stop. And I see all this website. How dare you? You gonna let other people put my face, my body out here doing stuff like that? How dare you? We talk asking an ID. Where's the ID terms? Tell me that. What's up? I'ma tell you. I'ma tell you something today. I'ma sue all of you. Oh shit. All of you are gonna sue you. I'm gonna sue you. Y'all wanna play with me? You allow the people post pinky doll? Really? Cause you know you're about to get paid? Well, guess what? I'm about to get all that money. All that money. She is mad, boy. And I'm, hey, hey, I, I'm not, hey, I'm not on OnlyFans only because y'all haven't suggested me. <laughs> I'll be on that motherfucker quickly showing you these toes. <laughs> but Pinky Doll is hot because I don't think that she understood that that people, I mean, hey, people are pieces of shit, myself included. I just try to be a, a, a nice fragranced piece of shit. But somebody was uploading her shit, and I am not going to lie. As soon as I'm done here, I am going to go cleanse myself um, in the bathroom uh, with a shower because this is definitely making me feel uncomfortable. To, to I mean, I, I'm not sure sometimes... If people are genuinely mad or if they're trying to like drum up more, uh, you know, more eyes or more traffic to what it is that they're doing. Like I said, I didn't know that she had her OnlyFans and was doing freaky dinky shit. But Pinky Doll does have a OnlyFans and uh, the footage is 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 leaked. I hope she does sue the shit out of these people. I just hope they don't take none of the shit down off the sites. I have not seen it yet, and I do want to look at it for a second before it, before it goes. But yes, what else do we got right here? Oh my God. Oh my God. I got a couple of things I could drop. All right, now, first of all, I've also said this on the podcast and on my Instagram page. I have... I, I have videos on Instagram. I don't care what country you're in. I don't care if you're bored. Go to Instagram. Type in just us. J-U-S-T-U-S. Peace. P-I-E-C-E. -E. And then pod should automatically jump up. Justice, peace, pod. I have said it on Instagram at least a hundred times. Stay the fuck out of the ocean. But people they just they 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 just don't they just don't fucking listen. I saw a video and I want you to hear. You don't even have to listen. You just just hear me out. You don't even have to watch or see what it is that I'm looking at. You can hear it in 
the voices of these guys that encounter a great white shark off the coast of Australia. Check this shit out. I know we have a bite here in the water. See, they calm. They they calm right now. Watch this. Listen, listen. Mate, oh, oh, don't like this. Go away, fuck you. Holy shit! Shit, shit, shit! I've never seen one that fucking big. That fucking big. <laughs> nah, that's enough for me. Fuck me. He's just sitting there. What the hell? Yeah, as long as he stays down there, he's scoping us, mate. Oh no! Did, did you see? Do you hear that? Do you hear that? He said, "Fuck." Holy shit! Jesus, fuck me! That Christ. is fucking huge. That motherfucker looked like a baby submarine. No lie. This will be up on the Instagram page too. This is probably one of the biggest great white sharks that I have seen. And I, I, I watched Shark Week, and I still watch Shark Week. But just calm. Like he's debating, almost processing the pros and the cons. Like, like how many teeth am I going to lose if I bite into this motherfucker? And how far are we off from the shore? Do I feel like spitting up boat parts later on? I mean, truthfully, yeah, I smell like one of them motherfuckers smokes cigarettes and the other one is drunk. It's it To me, in my imagination... It's like the shark is going over. Is this a good idea? Is this worth it? I mean, I really ain't that hungry. I'm a big guy. I did eat 20 minutes ago. That is massive. Oh, my God. I've now seen my first six-meter six white pointer. I know we have a bite here in the water. What's this, Joe? Mate, oh, no. oh, oh. don't like this. <laughs> Go away, fuck you. Holy shit. Shit, shit, shit. I've never seen one that fucking big. That fucking big? Yeah, I had to play it twice. Stay the fuck out of the water. I don't know if it was the mer people who popped a little thing that crushed that uh, submarine that was down there, but I don't know if anybody has noticed that everything in nature is starting to turn against humans. People say that the fires and shit was man-made and all that other shit. What if they weren't? Just what if they weren't? Right? What if none of these fires are man-made? What if none of the trail derailments, derailments, excuse me, what if none of the trail derail, derailments had anything to do with, with humanity or anything? What if the earth, like the M, the M. Night Shyamalan movie, the happening. What if the earth just said, you know what? I'm so tired. They, they don't appreciate what I got. Let me go ahead and take a few of these motherfuckers out. What if that's what's going on? I mean, sharks are fucking people up left and right. And and I, I, I can't lie. It's not just sharks. It's alligators, crocodiles, all kinds of shit is attacking humans like a motherfucker. But the shark thing, like, like you know, we got a whole, we got a whole uh, Curiosity rover on Mars. Why don't we have a rover in real time in the ocean? 
I mean, it's right. It's here. The ocean is already here. It just makes me question a lot of things. Like, you know, I mean, it it seems like some shit's got 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 humans with with they uh with their name on it. It's not like it's not liking us right now. I don't know what to tell y'all except for stay your motherfucking ass out the water. That that that's that that's the only thing I can tell you. I mean, shit. Papa. Grandson. I know, I know. It's almost time. I'm finna get out of here. I have. To say one thing. And and I said it in the beginning of the podcast. I mean, it's Thursday. It's not Tuesday. And Tuesday's for tacos. I mean, tacos and titties. And I love titties. And I love tacos every single day. I saw this guy take taco eating to a whole new motherfucking experience. And when I talk about experience, have you ever seen a motherfucker jump out of a plane you heard me. Jump the fuck out of a plane with the Joe Rogan knapsack on and unzip the knapsack and pull out some fucking tacos. Well, if you ain't seen it, you ain't gonna see it right now, but you damn sure gonna hear it. Taquito en las alturas, perro. Como buen mexicano, fanático de los tacos, ¿qué cree que vamos a hacer hoy? Traemos tacos, perros. De carnaza. Y claro, claro que sí. He, pulled, a... he pulled the tacos out the knapsack. Hey, and he don't just got like one, two tacos. He got like a multi-zipper fanny pack. So it's tacos. And he got, he got the condiments to go with the shit. Char, frijolitos, <laughs> cebollita. Y bueno, obviamente, salsita verde, un poco de salsita, claro que sí. Cla that shit look good. Hey, is it, is it illegal, you know, no. Claro que sí. Y espérenme, su limoncito, porque. Bro, brought the lemons too. Que taco es taco sin limón, limoncito. Taquito en las alturas, perro. Mm. Skydiving or parachuting, whatever the fuck he's he, the parachute is extended already, so he's already sky dove. I guess he's parachuting back to earth, but yes, taquito a ocho mil pies de altura, perros. No, es que no saben. Tengo allá el volcán de Colima, cielo nublado, un clima perfecto. Me estoy chingando. Pinches tacos de carnaza. Mm. Tiramos nada. Todo se guarda. Hey, and he didn't even drop the foil from the sky. That's a good guy. Reto cumplido, perros. Taquito en las alturas, perros. Hey, man. I want some tacos now. It is that time. The show has concluded. All I need from you is to do a couple of things. Let's go through it. All right, first I need you to pull out your phone. Please like, rate, and subscribe to the show if you have not already done so. Please give me a rating. Five stars, four stars, three stars, one star. However it is that you feel is appropriate, I would greatly appreciate that. Your reviews, your comments, and definitely your shares. They influence exactly how many people can and cannot have access to this podcast. So any participation is greatly appreciated. 
I thank you in advance. Every single one of these shows is recorded in one sitting. I do not re-record. I do not edit. I do not take anything down. The last podcast that I had with my boy Riley, it's going to be redone. He doesn't know it yet because I haven't told him. And by the time that he listens to this, we'll probably be recording already. Anyway. Please do whatever it is that you need to do to get through. Don't hurt nobody in the process. Do not become a redistribution service of hurt and pain for your personal pleasure and gain. Oh, my goodness. Every single one of these podcasts is dedicated to the life, love, legacy, and memory of my mother, Paige. I love you. I miss you. I'm still searching for you every single day until my last Breath is left. My name is Justice, Papa. and that's Malik, and this is The Peace. <laughs>